The scripture reading is from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus began to teach beside the lake again. Such a large crowd gathered that he climbed into a boat there on the lake. He sat in the boat while the whole crowd was nearby on the shore. He said many things to them in parables. While teaching them, he said, Listen to this. A farmer went out to scatter seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. When the sun came up, it scorched the plants, and they dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked the seeds, and they produced nothing. Other seed fell into good soil and bore fruit. Upon growing and increasing, the seed produced, in one case, a yield of 30 to 1, in another case, a yield of 60 to 1, and in another case, a yield of 100 to 1. He said, whoever has ears to listen, pay attention. When they were alone, the people around Jesus, along with the 12, asked him about the parables. Jesus said to them, The secret of God's kingdom has been given to you. But to those who are outside, everything comes in parables. This is so that they can look and see, but have no insight. And they can hear, but not understand. Otherwise, they might turn their lives around and be forgiven. Don't you understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? The farmer scatters the word. This is the meaning of the seed that fell on the path. When the word is scattered and people hear it, right away Satan comes and steals the word that was planted in them. Here's the meaning of the seed that fell on rocky ground. When people hear the word, they immediately receive it joyfully. Because they have no roots, they last for only a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. Others are like the seeds scattered among thorny plants. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of this life, the false appeal of wealth, and the desire for more things break in and choke the word, and it bears no fruit. The seeds scattered on good soil are those who hear the word and embrace it. They bear fruit, and one case yield a 30 to 1, in another case 60 to 1, and in another case 100 to 1. Jesus said to them, Does anyone bring in a lamp in order to put it under a basket or a bed? Shouldn't it be placed on a lampstand? Everything hidden will be revealed, and everything secret will come out into the open.
Whoever has ears to listen should pay attention. Jesus said to them, listen carefully. God will evaluate you with the same standard you use to evaluate others. Indeed, you will receive even more. Those who have will receive more. But as for those who don't have, even what they don't have will be taken away from them. Then Jesus said, this is what God's kingdom is like. It's as though someone scattered seed on the ground, then sleeps and wakes night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, but the farmer doesn't know how. The earth produces crops all by itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full head of grain. Whenever the crop is ready, the farmer goes out to cut the grain because it's harvest time. And Jesus continued, what's a good image for God's kingdom? What parable can I use to explain it? Consider a mustard seed. When scattered on the ground, it's the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. But when it's planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all vegetable plants. It produces such large branches that even the birds in the sky are able to nest in its shade. With many such parables, Jesus continued to give them the word as much as they were able to hear. He spoke to them only in parables, then explained everything to his disciples when he was alone with them. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Altogether, young and youth and the aunties and uncles of this congregation and the parents and the church grandparents, church grandparents are very important. Let us sing together, give me faith like a child. Number 519, 519, God give me faith, hope, and love like a child.
Friends, my name is Charlene Epp. I am an interim pastor here at Seattle Mennonite Church. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to God who is our rock and our redeemer. Yes, as Megan noted, I grew up on a farm. There was no random scattering of seeds without consequences, less preferred. I walked many bean and cornfields with a machete chopping out the thistles in order for there to be a more productive crop. So a passage that has to do with sowers, seed, soil, random throwing, <laughs> gets my attention. But I jump ahead. Let's look at a brief overview of Mark. It's the shortest of the four Gospels. Scholars believe it was the first written, and probably between about 66 and 73 AD during the siege of Jerusalem, and the writer's style demonstrates the urgency of the situation and the times, leaving out any kind of a narrative about Jesus' birth, diving right into John the Baptist, baptizing followers, but also baptizing Jesus. Jesus goes out into the desert where he experiences significant temptations and then begins a ministry with a lot of healing and a growing number of followers. Where's this guy going? What is this guy up to? We don't hear, though, in the book of Mark what the words are that Jesus is preaching until this chapter. And then he chooses parables. Parables those stories that are thrown alongside our own stories, utilizing images, those things which are familiar to our circumstances, but have a way of possibly opening us to thinking about this, understanding it, seeing it differently than what our ordinary thought process might be. It makes for a lot of possibilities of how it's heard and understood and guaranteed. What Jesus talks about through these parables is way bigger than farming or fishing, which the Galileans who heard these stories would have known and understood well. The seeds that are sown in the stories in the Bible, this goes back, I think it's first indicated in Isaiah, our word, they have to do with what we say, but word that is lived. It isn't just what we say, it's our actions that go with it. And the literal seed is a priceless, precious commodity of any farmer. Money spent on seeds matters. And what those seeds are matters a whole lot in quality. 
So the words are gospel. They are good news. That is what Jesus is speaking of when he invites these listeners to attend to what he is saying. And it is about kingdom. Kingdom, that way of being where forgiveness becomes a part of how we live and changing our lives because of how we come to see and understand what that good news really means. Not just as individuals, but collectively as a community as well. So there might be some questions one could pull out of this story of the scattering of the seeds. If we are the seed in this parable, what do we do to grow deeper roots, to thrive among the rocks that are a part of our lives? How do we release anxiety, stress, or worry over wealth or security or life's happenings so the sticky wickets of life don't choke the life out of us? How do we produce a good crop of hearing, living, bearing fruit of the good news? If we are the soil in the parable, what kind of soil are we? What kind of community are we in? If we are the sower, what kind of a sower are we? What happens if we have the gospel, the good news for all God's children? What do we do with it? When putting the gospel into the world, in what ways are we too anxious about the outcome? How might the soil need amending? One of my favorite stories, true to my life, about amending soil, found out the blooming blue hydrangea in our yard in Beaverton, Oregon, was the variety where if I dug in the coffee grounds from the coffee we love in the morning, guess what? The blooms turned or purple. Good reason to drink coffee. <laughs> Jesus' parable is clear. Don't be stingy with the seeds that you have. Not when it comes to good news in the gospel. Throw it into the world. You don't know where it will come up, and you are not in control if it sprouts. This is not on you. What is on you is to put the good news into the world by who you are, knowing that three quarters of it may get choked out in one way or another. 
there will be a lot of failure. But when you're sowing or you're growing is successful, the harvest is manifold. A great crop is about 1 to 15. In this parable, Jesus starts with 1 to 30. There's abundance, folks. There's abundance. There is abundance. For when we can, in an uninhibited manner, see ourselves and others as seeds or soil or sowers in one way or another, then the Spirit takes over the outcome and how we live out the sharing of the good news will be seen in ways we cannot begin to imagine. One of the understandings of the parable of the lamp is a reminder to share what we have experienced about Jesus where it can be seen. Remembering that not everyone knows what we know that the gospel is about. And that may be a temptation to put it away, pretend we don't have it, hide it. However, it will come out. People are going to see. They're going to understand, even if the message that we have may not make full sense to us or to others, it will grow. It will grow ultimately because the evaluation of the kingdom is not ours. Ours is the ability to live into it, to be able to forgive, to be able to change, to be able to share with that abandonment, with that knowing whatever the light is that is within each of us, it's going to get out one way or another, it will grow. If we have good news and we don't let it shine, it will get harder and harder for our spirit. And we could lose touch with the good news that we have in us. And we could become like one who has never had it. So, how do we keep our lamps lit? How do we keep them on a lampstand and not hide them? For when we can share our good news as we live and understand it, then others will also be able to make changes and live into the light that can shine through them. And it can happen without knowing how or when understanding rests more fully into our or their understanding. Like farmers who sow seeds, then sleep and wake up, and sleep and wake up, until the grain is ready to be cut for harvest, we do not have control over the growth of the seeds 
or how our living and being is the gospel to others. Rather, we are invited to trust, trust. The seeds will do what they're meant to do, even if we don't understand how it is that they grow. We are to trust that as we live more fully in understanding of the good news, it will be seen and it will be understood by others. However, we can take, we cannot take the credit for the produce that the seeds offer, nor can we expect of ourselves to fully understand how the spirit regulates the growth and the production of the seeds of how our living and being is the gospel for others. This invites the question of whether there are seeds that we haven't planted due to uncertainty, not knowing how they will grow. What if we were to plant those seeds to live in the way of good news all the while resting in a deep trust that God's got this one. For when we can live as fully as we are able into being the light of Christ in this world, then it is also possible for the Spirit to use that light to grow understanding in and through others. We all are all created in the image of God. If we open ourselves to seeing and understanding in new ways, our growth may be a direct result. Our growth, our growth, may be a direct result of light shining through others. Good news or the gospel lived out through actions and words as small as a mustard seed become as large as a nice sized bush. Regardless of anticipating the use of what is produced, maybe for culinary or medicinal purposes, as is reasonable to expect. What Jesus notes is that the mustard bush provides a place where the birds can rest. Creation beyond our imagination is impacted by the surprising ways in which God as spirit moves and breathes more good news into all life than our limited understanding can conceive. There is no need to have expectations of large outcomes like redwoods or sequoias. Rather, enjoy the shrub. It's good. Birds can nest in it, living out a purpose for that seed that others would not have known that was why it was planted. 
This can be a reminder that our lived faith works beyond purposes for which we intend. We don't have control of the outcome. I wonder what tiny seed are we that we have to plant? What are the things that we need to accept about the results of that planting, even though the result is not what we originally intended? For if we can have our faith without expectations, maybe we can recognize how our gospel lives, lives in a flourishing manner when we experience the good news through others, through their situations, which may feel unlikely to us. Friends, while our seeing and understanding may always have limitations, those limitations do not prevent anyone, ourselves included, from being the good news that is realized in and through God's creation. Our livelihoods may not be embedded in farming or fishing like the Galileans to whom Jesus taught. Our seeds, soil, lamps, sowers, shrubs are among and around us. For example, how are our houseless neighbors like Dolores or Larry seeds? How are they seeds? How are they soil? How are they sowers? How much, how might such an understanding rid us of stress or the worries about how and through whom the Spirit beckons us to fuller living into our known and yet unknown fully gospel? What if we were to see the light of the Spirit that comes through those who do not hold our political or or our theological views. How does putting their lamps under a basket without fuller understanding of the kingdom in us impact us? What if we were to rest into and trust that who we are in our faith journey is enough, and the results of that are completely in the hands of God. How would such rest and trust generate an abundance of goodness out of what may seem small actions or words? We have good news among us, in us, through us, we can also open ourselves to seeing and understanding how good news is coming to us through people 
and situations we wouldn't expect or intend. That is something to celebrate, abundantly celebrate. May our hearts, our minds, our whole beings be open to how the Spirit grows us more fully, individually, as a community, and as a result of those around us. May it be so.